So I get to introduce to you my favorite preacher. Come on, give her a hand. No offense to any other preachers, but I mean, I'm biased. So, no. But you guys are so blessed. She has, man, she's so much better at getting prepared than I am. Um, so I know you guys are going to be blessed this morning. Just open your hearts to receive all the Lord has. Amen. Amen. God is good, church, isn't he? Amen. I've got so much on my heart. You better put your seatbelts on. And uh, we're getting ready. God is about to do some amazing things. I'm thankful for the words that the Lord has already spoken this morning because they just tie right in. God is just so faithful to speak again and again and get it in our hearts, right? So I don't know if you've been aware, we've been speaking about Nehemiah and had a series going on. If you haven't listened to the last few messages, this is number four in our study on Nehemiah, and it is just a timely message. These, I tell you what, you get into one chapter, I mean, we could be in this chapter that we're about to talk about, we could be in here till next year, which might not be a bad thing, because <laughs> uh, this year's been kind of crazy, but... Uh, it's a deep study, and there's so, so many things that I'm not going to be able to touch on today for the sake of time, but I know that God is wanting to speak to each and every heart. He's been speaking to my heart over and over again, but we're going to be talking about the rebuilding of the walls and the repairing of the gates. There are 10 gates in this chapter. That seems like a lot. It is a lot, but I hope that you will allow God to speak to your heart. Would you do something with me for a moment? I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to just close your eyes and as I pray for a moment, I want you to declare this for yourself and over your life today. God, we pray that your word would be established in our hearts, that would fall upon good ground. And today we put a guard around every word that you speak to guard that seed of your word in our hearts that it would grow and it would flourish. We guard it against the enemy from the cares of this life that want to take it out and we want you to establish us in your righteousness and in your word, God. We want to be strong in you and be the church that you have intended and called us to be. In your name this morning, be glorified, God, in your word. Amen. Amen. Do you declare that with me this morning? Yeah. You believe that this morning? Yeah. All right, well, I don't know about you, but this year has not really gone as planned. Correct? I know you've heard that time and time again, but if you can put that first slide up for me. I found this and I thought it was pretty funny. It says, sorry, the lifestyle you ordered is currently out of stock. I've heard that a lot with many other things, but I think sometimes we have an idea of what we want our life to be like. We have a plan in store, maybe it's a house, maybe there's some dreams in mind, those dreams are important, but sometimes they're not quite in line with what God is asking of us. So sorry, <laughs> the lifestyle you have ordered is currently out of stock. It's not a bad thing. If you go to the next slide, this was one of my favorite ones. If 2020 was a car, now I've seen a few of these on the freeway lately, maybe not as intense as this. Um, funny story is my dad, you can keep this up for just a minute, my dad was a construction guy and he loved duct tape. I don't know what it is, he can fix it guy, he can fix everything. He would even, if he sliced his finger on the job, he'd come home with duct tape on his finger and I'm like, what, where's the band? He's like, oh, this works just fine. I was like, wait, what? I was like, what if you rip it, when you rip it off, does it make it worse? I don't know. So I learned a lot of things with duct tape. Um, I don't fix everything with duct tape in my own home. But this is kind of, I think, what some of us feel like, right? We just, things have been damaged, things have been just in disrepair, and we just maybe not know how to fix it. Well, God wants to show us how to repair some things. Are you ready for God to repair some things in your life? This doesn't have to, sometimes this can come across, I want you to pay attention, this may come across as really strong. Maybe a little bit, gonna poke you just a little bit, but that's okay. You need to allow the word of God to come in and take a, take a step and say, hey, this is what I need in my life. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. We're going to back up just one verse in this chapter before we hit chapter 3. It says, then I said to them, you see the distress. This is Nehemiah talking. You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. 
Have you felt in a little bit of distress? Have you seen the wickedness in our nation? Have you felt bad, hurt, afflicted, ill, seen adversity, harm? Have things been grievous to you, sad and trouble? Any of these ringing a bell to anybody in this room? Have you felt that distress? Well, God says, come, let us build the wall. Let us, that is a key word in our study this morning. Let us rebuild, let us reestablish. And this really talks about the family rebuilding that and redrawing back in the exiles, making something more permanent. The car that you saw was not a permanent fix. It cannot remain that way. God does not want us as his church to remain in a certain way. He wants us to examine our lives. The last few weeks we've been talking about God building our lives, getting rid of, last week was getting rid of the rubble, getting rid of the things that are just sitting around. Go back and listen to that message if you haven't listened to it. Pastor Jonathan spoke about, God, try me, know me, see me, lead me. Are those the cry of your heart? That's a good thing. Sometimes we think, I don't want anybody to know my stuff. You ever heard of what, this happens a lot when we have a prophetic person come into our church. A lot of people show up. Do you know why? Because they say, I want a word. I want God to bless me. But what they don't realize is God, we have this phrase, God will read your mail. Do you really want God to speak to you? If that's you want God to speak to you, just lift your hand. Say, God, I want you to speak to me. Well, let him read your mail this morning, okay? It's a good thing. Let him do it in your heart. I hope this is encouraging you guys. I, I get a little intense, and some things are going to be fun about this, but I hope that you just hear what God is saying. So God has been speaking. God is a God of restoration. He can restore. And we're talking about building the walls and restoring the gates. He's a God of restoration. He can restore all that the devil has taken, all that he has torn down, all that has been destroyed, all that the locusts have eaten. He can restore kingdoms. In Acts chapter 1, sorry, let me go back here. He can restore the joy of your salvation in Psalms 51. He can restore your health in Jeremiah 30. He can restore kingdoms in Acts chapter 1. And, all, and we are to help restore that process. We want to rely upon the Lord, but he's also asking us to take part. Now, something happens when we take a step forward. You ever notice this? In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 7 through 9, it says this. Now, it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and that the gaps were being closed. that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. What was that word that Pastor Sam shared? Some of you are in confusion. (laughs) There it is. Nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. We made our prayer to God and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Every time you take a step and you say, yes, Lord, what happens? You're going to hit resistance. Do we back down? No, they said, I will set a watch day and night. Have you set a watch on the word of God day and night? When God is speaking something to us, I want to encourage you, church, to be a church that takes notes. Go back if you don't have time now, and you go back and listen to us and take notes. I love going back in my notebooks, and I go back. I went back before preparing this, and I said, what, are you, what have you been speaking? What have you been sharing, Lord? Let's keep this in line. Let's keep on what God is doing. Let's remind ourselves in the Word of God. Keep ourselves in remembrance. Because the enemy wants to confuse you. We have to come into agreement with God. God says, yes, said yes to Nehemiah, but the people had to step into action. When God is wanting to lead us somewhere, we just have to take that step. Don't let him cause confusion about where we're going. He's making it very clear. Our walls as a church in general have been broken down and our gates have been burned with fire. As a church, as a whole, 
I'm not speaking just here at Christ Rock Valley, but a church as a whole. We have allowed access to the enemy, and we've become a church of approach to the name of the Lord. We become more accustomed to people failing and remaining as they are. But I'm telling you today, that's not any longer. God is calling us up to a new place. We've watched Christians fall or step in to sin and walk away from their salvation. We see people dying from addiction and disease without seeing them delivered and healed. We see people, people preach the goodness of God, and the next moment they're in despair. We've dropped the word of God and picked up the enemy's words. This is where he comes in and causes confusion because he says, you can't. You'll never. If you only, then God will. We've picked up his words, the enemy's words, and not God's. It's time, church, to pick back up and rebuild. And this should be an encouragement saying, God, your word is more powerful. Your word is more powerful. You will accomplish what you have said you would do, but we need to hold it. We need to say, God, I hold up your word more than what the enemy has spoken to my life, more than the distress, more than the anxiety, more than I hold up your word. If you're facing anxiety, I want to encourage you to go through the scripture and just start reading the verses where it says, God will repair, God will restore. Just look up those verses and read over them again and again and again. God wants to repair the gates and the walls. The walls speak of our protection. How we keep things out. How we join things together. A wall has to be joined together. The gates is the point of access. What we allow in and out. The walls of Jerusalem were not just to keep things out. I think sometimes we think, okay, I need to protect myself. No, it's to allow things in and out. And we are a church that needs to go out as well as be in. We need to be strengthened in, but we need to go out. We need a church that demonstrates who God is. That's why the church became a reproach, because they were no longer demonstrating who God was to their community and to the world around them. And we have kind of, as a church in general, stopped being the strength of the Lord and a demonstration of his power and his might and his healing. We have run and hide, hid, or we've allowed the rubble just to remain, and people go, well, who is God anyway? Is he strong? Is he mighty? Do you see that in our world today? Do you see that to be true? But God is saying, church, it's time to rise up. It's time to build. It's time to no longer be a reproach. We've brought a stigma and a shame, and we've been taunted by the enemy. But there's a way out of that. Amen? There's a way out of that. If God wants to build his church, we're to be a warring bride strong in battle, but we have become weak in our faith, weak in our warfare, and we've allowed the gaps in our walls and the gates wide open to whatever comes our way. You know, there's this phrase that I've heard a lot lately. Maybe you've heard it true, too. It's called my truth. Oh, that's my truth. You heard that? Anybody hear that? Maybe. Maybe you've said it. I'm sorry. You just get to hear this this morning. This is for you. My truth, it means what my opinion is and what my experience is. It's, you can't argue because it's my opinion and it's my experience. It's my truth. People put that out there because they're afraid of something. But I'll tell you what, if it's your experience that you needed a healing and you never received it, that's not God's truth. That's your experience, but that doesn't mean it's true. Last time I checked, the Bible said in John 14... Six, it says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot go to heaven any other way. The truth is God can heal. Because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not true. It is true, and we need to demonstrate to the world. Sometimes we're afraid, and we sit back, and we say, well, no, they haven't experienced Well, maybe, is, is God really going to do it? No, start doing it. Pick it up. Build it back up in your life. If you want to see God doing miracles, if you've asked that, how many of you asked that recently? I, that's something on my heart. God, I want to see you do it. So now something that I do, I'm changing. I'm saying, okay, I got to pick this up, God. I don't want just somebody to call me and say, I'll be praying for you. Okay, I, I do that so many times, you guys, but this is my personal growth. My personal, I'm building up my walls, strengthening some things that God is asking me to strengthen. And I hope it encourages you. Where I don't just say, okay, I'll pray for you. 
in my text. I'll sit there, I'll okay, in Jesus' name. Can Goth work through that? Yes, he can. The other day, Leah, I don't even see, I don't see Leah here today. Leah, if you're watching, hi, Leah, love you. I'm going to tell on you this morning. She, had, she got sick with a cold, and she had a headache, and she was in the office, and I came home, where are you? She's like, I'm not feeling, so I called her. And so I said, well, we just talked about different things going on. And I said, can I pray for you before we get off the phone? She's like, yes, we just started to pray healing. And then she, she texts me after that and she says, after you prayed, my shoulder popped back into place and my migraine was gone. It took a moment, a moment to just say, I want to build this back up, but there's the opportunity, but we have to take that step and say, yes, Lord, I will stand and I will rebuild the walls and I will repair the gates that you have intended. Because we are to be a church built up and people to see this is a fortress. We are a fortress to be reckoned with. I tell you what, in this world, things are not going to get easier. You think, oh, once we hit 20, 21, it's going to be all good. I tell you, you are deceived. <laughs> Read the book of Revelation and then you will feel a little better about 2020. But where we are going, we have to be stronger, church. This is a good thing where God says, hey, let me show you a little bit of what's going on. When my sister and I were 16, my parents had separated. And my sister got radically saved and gave her life to the Lord. And and this, something happened when we moved to live with my mom together. And I was a Christian. I was. It was great. You know, I love God. But I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I had when I was a kid, and I just said, I don't, I don't want that. I don't know about this. And my sister, when we went back in, she kept poking at me a little bit. You know how sisters do? I don't know if you have a sister or sibling, somebody that kind of get at you a little bit. Well, Carolyn, you need to uh, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, no, I don't need that. I would argue with her, and she kept poking me because she knew it was good for me. We have people around us who sharpen us. I'm married to a very sharp man. I mean, he's very sharp looking, but he's very strong. <laughs> and sometimes he rubs me what feels like the wrong way, but it's the right way because the majority of the time is just to get me to, he says, I see who you are in the Lord and that's who I want you to be. So he pushes me a little bit. My sister was doing the same thing when I was 16. She's like, Carolyn, you need to be baptized. I said, no, I don't. And I said, I'm going to go visit my dad. See you later. I'm leaving for the weekend. Thank God I could drive. So I was like, I'm leaving. My mom was like, no, you, when you go, my dad wasn't a Christian. I didn't go to church. She's like, when you go, promise me you go to church this weekend. I'm like, oh, fine, mom. You know, those teenage attitudes, teenagers, your parents know, don't do this. Okay. I said, fine, mom, I'll do it. So I go visit my dad. I was like, okay, it's Sunday. I'll go to church by myself. I went to my old home church and they had this they had balcony. I'm like, I'm going to sit up in the balcony so no one would see me. And this church doesn't really... Maybe once or twice a year they talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So guess what? They had a guest speaker that morning. And the entire service was about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't need to go to the altar. I just needed to stand up and say, God, I receive it in Jesus' name. And from that moment on, the power of God hit my life with the ability to change who I was. If we will just allow him the access, allow the people in our life to push us a little bit and to carry us and do it with each other. And that's what happened in the book in chapter three in Nehemiah. There's a phrase that is consistent in this chapter. It says, and next to him was the son of, and next to him was the ruler of. And next to him were the brethren. And next to them were the daughters of. And next to them, who's next to you? Look around, go ahead. Just look around. Look around the room. It's good to get your eyes out. Who's next to you? Who are you rubbing shoulders with? Who's encouraging you? Who are you fist bumping or whatever you do? we do these days? Okay. God can do many things for the people around us if we will allow him that access. We no longer want to be a reproach. We don't want to lack miracles and salvations and the flow of the Holy Spirit. So it's time to rebuild and work. Not only are there places in us needing to be rebuilt and strengthened, but there's others needing the same. There's someone else. This isn't just about us and building the church's walls. And sometimes we come to God, what do I need? 
You might see something as I share these gates in here in just a moment. I'm gonna go, we're going to go through these 10 gates as quickly as I can. <laughs> if I don't finish them, Pastor John gets to do it next week. But there's a point where other people, we need to start looking, God, what is it? Do you see something? Is there a growth? Spot? And this isn't to say, you know, sometimes we can send a message and go, oh, yeah, that's for, that's for Chris. Yep, I see that in his life. That's broken down. He's like, yes, Lord. Okay. He's so humble. You're awesome, Chris. We love you. Okay, we can do that, but that's not what this means. It means we see a broken world. We see things. We need salvation. We see these things that God wants to repair in our world, and we want him to do that for somebody else because we know he's done it for us. You guys get still too intense? We're doing good? Take a deep breath. Okay, we're going to go through these 10 gates, and there's a lot more than I'm going to touch on. A lot more. I don't have time to. Again, we could be here until next year. If you want to, you can just say amen. We'll just keep going. Okay. So here are some areas that have been broken down and walls and gates that need to be repaired. Um, so here we go. First of all is a sheep gate. I hope we can get There we go. That's a cool, kind of a cool picture. I hope these, some of these pictures are accurate. We, they're hard to find sometimes. But John 10, verse 7 through 9 says this. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. I am any, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The sheep gate reminds us and speaks to us spiritually of our salvation and examination. This is where they brought the sheep in. The temples they examined the sheep. Again, there's so much in these, but I want to get through them this morning. I wish I could go a little bit deeper. But when we allow God to examine us and examine our hearts, that's where we begin at salvation. Anybody remember the day they got saved? Do you ever remember God showing you and revealing? Some of it's our, our sin and the place we're at, the broken places. But when he examined us, there's that love and that I love you. You're like a kid. Come on, come back to me. You belong to me. You're my child. There's something about when a father sits down with their child and their child's having trouble and they just give him a hug and the child breaks. There's an examination of our hearts that God wants to revisit. But he is the only way. He wants us to find pasture. He wants to provide for us. We have to let the right shepherd in. There's been so many other teachings, so many other people coming into the church and voicing their own opinions and their truth and their experience and not declaring the word of God and what it says. We in this church believe in the strength and the power of his word. And if you feel pushed this morning, I'm glad. You're welcome. That's what we're here for. Ephesians says this, it says, in Ephesians 4:12 it says the purpose of the church the fivefold ministry the gifts of the fivefold ministry for the equipping or the preparing and strengthening to make you a, of good use yeah. so we are not tossed around by doctrine by men's craftiness by deception but understanding that every joint supplies that is why we are here Christ our fellowship this is why we're here to equip you for what God wants in your life, for you are good use, because you're awesome. Amen. So God wants to examine us here at the Sheep Gate. God wants to examine and bring salvation. If you have not accepted Christ into your life, I want you to know this morning that he loves you, that he cares for you deeply. He does not want to see your life set in ruin and disrepair and in hurt and in depression or oppression. He doesn't want to see you in sickness that is who God is, and he wants you. All you got to do is to receive him and say, yes, Lord, I receive you. Forgive me. I confess that you are Lord of my life. You died on the cross. You rose again. That's all you need to do is accept him in your life. If you've chosen sin and you've stepped in that direction and you've gone astray, what does the shepherd do for a sheep? He says, I'm going to leave all these. I'm going to go after you. God is coming after you this morning. If you have gone astray, it's time to get your life right back with God. What's in disrepair and what needs to be rebuilt? So next to him, who's next to you this morning? We go to the fish gate. 
Okay, I'm going to watch our time here. A lot of gates. Okay, fish gate here speaks of discipleship and outreach. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, it says, He said to them, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Say, fishers of men. Now, this is a cool thing. The fish gate was the marketplace and uh, where they, you get to go get your food and stuff. Now, Jonathan and I were out on a date on Friday night. Hallelujah. We actually got to go on one for like, it's been like eight months. I don't know how long it's been. It's been for, okay. No, we don't have homes. We've been at home. Do whatever. Okay. Anyways, he's, that's not his on him. That's not on you. Okay. We went on this date and we're sitting by the water and we look out and there's all these people along the pier and we're like, what is going on? For one, they're not social distancing. Well, and we were, just going, we're like, oh, I'm going to go be where the crowd is. What's going on over there? So we finished our dinner. And then we walk out there, and there's all these people with floodlights and fishing poles. And they're like wall to wall across the street. We're walking up. We feel like the Ottomans. We have no fishing pole. We're just like, what are they doing? Well, there's generators and floodlights. And I'm like watching these people just go. They're going like this, and they're like pulling in these things. I'm like, and it's dark. I'm like, what? What is that? So I finally asked, I'm not a fisher. I don't know what these things are that they're catching. There's just little things. And I'm like, finally asked me, what are they doing? And this guy says, oh, it's squid season. You know, I had to look at, I really had to look it up. I was like, what, squid? Do, do we eat squid? Oh, it's calamari. Yes, I love calamari. Okay, thank you. I'm like, I was going to get my fishing pole. I'm ready for some calamari. Okay. So we're out there, but there's all these people. There were kids. There were grownups. They were just like yanking them in. And we're like, what's with the lights though? Because they said they're drawn to the light. There is a point, church, that people are drawn to the light and who you are. This needs to be repaired in the church. We have no longer been the light. We've hit it. We've said, hey, follow me as I hide Christ. No, 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 no. Follow me as I shine for Christ. We can't ask people to follow us if we're not following him. He said, follow me. That's the first part is our discipleship. Are you being discipled? Do you allow people in to teach? I'm still a disciple. I'm still learning. I've been studying all week. I didn't have this. I didn't have this in my back pocket. I wanted to go and study because I wanted a fresh word from God. And I tell you what, I'm like, I need to go study it again. I didn't get everything out of it. I, I want it to become a part of my life. I want to be a follower. I want people to encourage me. I want to listen under the word of God. And I just want to let it go in. But it's not just to, enough to get it in you. He says, go fish. I'm not sure what I would look like out there on that pier, fishing for some squid, but it could be kind of fun. Sam, maybe we could hook up. It's only like one more month. You can teach me how to fish. Does that sound good? Okay. And then somebody else has to teach me how to clean the fish. <laughs> you know, my dad used to take my sisters and I out fishing to this place in California, and we'd go and they'd take, drive up the back of this big truck and they'd dump all the fish in the pond. Funny, I, funny. I don't know why they did that anyways. Um, but we all had a limit of how many fish we were allowed to catch. We had a lice fishing license. They said, oh, you can only catch three fish each. I'm like, okay. And we're like, all day long, we packed our lunches, and we're like, we're going to stay out here for eight hours. We get there, in the first 30 minutes, I caught my three fish. <laughs> I was a kid, and I was very bored, and I kept begging my sisters, can I catch yours for you? Apparently, I'm good at this. It's only been a beginner's luck, or they were, just, they were just really hungry. I want to do it for them, but sometimes as a Christian, we say, I've caught my limit. I've been there, done that, and I'm done. We have to be fishers of men. Who are you casting out your rod for? Who, who are you fishing for? Lift them before the throne and say, God, repair this in my life. I don't want to sit here stagnant. I want to be a fisher of men. I told you this was going to press just a little bit this morning, but I just want to be real with you. This is what my heart is for us as a church. The third gate is the old gate, which talks about our foundations. The foundation of a house, they say, is proportional. The, sorry, the foundation of the house needs to be proportional to the height of the building. So how, does your, how deep does your foundation go? Again, I told you guys, my dad was a contractor. I love stories about my dad. He's got these really funny stories, but he had to build. He had to have the right foundation. 1 Corinthians 3:11 through 15 says, For no other foundation can any way lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear in the day it will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So let me ask you, what has this year revealed about your foundation? When COVID hit, when disease comes your way, when financial struggles occur, when your marriage is beginning to see trouble, what is testing the foundation of your house? God is gonna shake things and see what remains, but it's, I think we look at it, I used to look at it this way that it's a bad shaking. Oh, don't reveal this in me. <laughs> you kind of freak out that someone's gonna notice your stuff. But no, I want Christ to be fully formed in me. Does God have the authority to speak into your life? He has a strong word for us, and it demands a response. He is authoritative God, and he demands a response from us. So allow him to say, God, I want to respond to your word. Even just take a moment. God, I want to respond to your word as it is poking my heart this morning. Let it fall fresh on fresh ears today where I have not allowed it to fall fresh again. Let me ask you this. Is the person next to you struggling, and can you help them stand on solid ground? Can you help them repair the foundations? Yes, you can. You got something in you. So I see somebody's like poking somebody on the side of there. I saw that. I'm not going to point you up. I saw some. I see you. Okay. Good job. Poke somebody next to you. It's a good thing. You know, when we moved into our house, it was only about three years old. And there wasn't much wrong with it. It was kind of a newer house. We're like, yes, my husband, I love him dearly. He does not like projects. And um, he's good at so many things, but he's, he's willing to get in and do the projects. We had a window that was leaking. And we have a window leak in their house. It's obnoxious, especially in, in Seattle. It just drips, and it just gets water, and it ruins the wood, all the stuff. So we thought, okay, we're going to just replace the window. We'll just go out, and we're going to do this outside uh, framework. We're going to redo that. Just, we'll just do it. We get the, the builder gets in there <laughs> to replace the window and find out it's only held up by three nails. Sometimes we think we can hold up. I'm strong enough. I got my three nails. I'm good. But no, it has to be refortified. It has to be those gaps need to be filled. So we had to fix it right. We put a lot more nails in there. It didn't even have the flashing. Do you guys know what flashing is? I actually know what that is now. I learned something. Keeps the rain out. <laughs> we had to put the proper things in there to fortify it. Now we could have just said, oh, the window's broken. Let's sell the house and get a new one. <laughs> Come on. That's not real practical, is it? <laughs> Windows a lot cheaper than a new house. <laughs> but sometimes we feel that way. We're like, God, I just don't want to repair this again. This last night, I've been telling myself, I wrote a note to um, my awesome hubby because uh, the water heater keeps going out. And I'm usually the one who finds out that the water heater turned off in the shower and it's freezing. And I'm like, I don't want another cold shower. It always happens to me. Everybody else gets the, the tail end, at least the warm water. doesn't happen. Just my lot. So I'm like, I noticed it. And I was like, honey, you got to fix it. But then I went to go to sleep before he did. And I was like, he better not forget. So I put a note. I tagged it to the door of our bedroom on the handle. So it wouldn't be missed. I'm like, please redo the, restart the hot water. Restore, rebuild. He knew what I was going to talk about today. And then, but there was something else that happened before I went to bed. There was a giant spider up high on the wall in the family room. And I'm like, I noticed it. I, I, did you ever see this? I'm the one that notices things out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, it's up there, but I don't do things over the top of my head, especially spiders. I'm like, if it's up down low, better. I can like at least step on it most of the time. But it was up high, and I was like, I'm not reaching this. So I wrote the note. I said, and kill the spider. <laughs> Protect your family. He took a picture of the note. If you don't believe me, it's there. Okay. We have to protect our family. We need to rebuild and restore. I know it's funny, you guys. Okay. I'm going to you a little humor this morning. Okay. These are examples of things that God wants to do. Jonathan may not be the best at repairing things, but he's willing to get his hands in there and do it. And there are people in Nehemiah, if you look and study the people that were here, it wasn't just the construction guys jumping in on the building of the house. It wasn't just the pastors and the leaders. It says there were goldsmiths, there were singers, there were perfume makers, there were assistants, there were grandfathers, there were daughters. 
So you have no excuse if you're just a computer programmer. You're a cook. You're just, I don't care. Pick, your, pick it up. Let's build the wall again. Amen. Okay, I'm going to go a little faster. We're going to go to the valley gate. Speaks of our humility, the low points of our lives. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Have you ever been humbled? Yeah? I was humbled recently. Home-based learning. Any other moms out there? I'll be really real. I, I'm an education person. I, I went to school for education. Preschool. I worked in a preschool. I directed a daycare. I've been teaching kids ministry for over 20-some-odd years. People look at me and say, hey, you'll do great. If you ever did homeschooling, you'd be awesome. You haven't met my children. I thought, you know, I, I could. This is probably should be okay with me, right? But it hit hard. I was in tears. I started to say, Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. I was in tears. I was crying. I'm like, God, what in the world? This should be easier, right? I bless my children. I love them. But there's a part of this in Psalm 23, so I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff. Can he poke us a little bit with his rod and his staff? Say, hey, you don't need to do this on your own. And I am a pretty self-sufficient person, but I tell you what, the rebuilding of the walls isn't meant for us to just pick up and do it ourselves. We have to put a reliance on the one who created us. We are his church. We belong to him. And he needs to one has to have access to show us how to rebuild it right. I had to lean on somebody else. Thank God for the school that they were in because I had people calling me and saying, can I help you? I'm like, at first I was like, I should I not? And I felt uncomfortable. I was like, but I should be able to do this. And so I would just start crying. And I'm like, oh man, I'm a mess. There's my valley. But when I finally said yes, the relief came. Yeah. I said, yes, I need help. Is that you this morning? You say, I can actually admit, I need help. I'm in a valley. I'm in a dark place. A.W. Tozer says, God does it. A.W. Tozer says, as God does his deepest work in our darkest hours. Are you ready for him to do a deep work in your heart, in your life? Are you ready for him to do a deep work in someone else's life near you? You want to see them restored? Gate number five is the refuse gate, or the dung gate. Y'all know what that is. I don't need to explain that one. It talks about our cleansing just in practicality, cities can't be healthy if all the waste stays in. If this gate is in disrepair, this city's not going to be healthy. And Jonathan explained last week we got a trailer, and our neighbors were kind enough who have a trailer to tell us a little bit about the flushing system. And if they don't, they told us a story about not quite getting it all down into the tube and out, the black water out, if you know what I mean. And they had to do extra water and a stick and make sure it all gets down there because they came back once and they didn't do that. And the toxic fumes filled their trailer. So look at what the Bible says. and let that one lie. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We are to confess our sins in 1 John 1, 9, and he is faithful to forgive us. Let's get rid of the stuff that is... Now, this doesn't mean we're in perfection and that all is good. We're all... You come into the church and everybody's... I can't be who I am because everybody's perfect. No. We all have junk all the time. Junk, it's like the trash. Trash is one of the most annoying things in the house. I don't know whose chore that is in your house, but no one wants to do it in my house. Take the trash out. But it's important, Right? Let's take the trash out. The fountain gate. Number six is the gate that represents the Holy Spirit. Now, before we look at this, this verse, there's one I want to read to you that was on my heart this morning. Jeremiah 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. This is what the church has become. 
We've tried to do things. So the cisterns were typically rocks that they had dug out and stone they dug out, but they had fault cracks in them. And then the standing water became, got the germs and bacteria. Just think of Martha Lake. Would you like to go drink out of Martha Lake? It was like, no, we call it the duck poop pond. Yeah, I know some of you like to swim. There's other parts that are clean. There's, it's just that main area that's pretty bad. Okay, so anyways, cisterns, they, they dug these out themselves, and they got sick from the water. They, and this is what God is saying. We've dug this out ourselves. We've no, allowed, no longer allowed the Holy Spirit and the fountain of living water to flow through our lives. But in Isaiah 61, as it says up here, 1 through 3, the Spirit, this is who we're supposed to be, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Are we doing this? Are we living this? You guys staying with me? Can we go just a little bit more? Okay. God has anointed us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge you this morning. One, are you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? With the evidence of speaking in tongues, don't tell me it's, it was for that day and not for this day. If the Bible says it's true, if Jesus said we needed it, then it's still true today. His word is his word and it's true as then as it is now. John 2.20 says we are to be filled with the spirit, a river flowing out of us, a life to the nations. We need to be endued with power from on high. That's what he spoke to in the book. Disciples, go and wait for me in the upper room till you have that power. You have that evidence. People had got to see the craziness, craziness that they're saying they're speaking in tongues. And people outside are going, wait a minute. How do they know how to speak my language? It was an evidence. I feel like someone here needs to hear this this morning because God wants you to not only, it's not just about, oh, I just speak in tongues, I have this gift. There's an outflow of the Spirit and the anointing of God that needs to be repaired in the church through your life. When you're on the phone with your friend, pray for them. I don't care if they're not saved. Can I pray for you? If they say no, then fine. Pray for them without them knowing. Can't hurt. But if they say yes, release the power of God through your life and see what great things God will do. I'm tired. I love you guys. But I want to see some fresh blood in here. Fresh salvations. People at the altar repenting and getting their life right with God. I want their chains to be broken. This is what God wants us as a church to do. The next one is the water gate. We're getting close to being done. Hold with me. This is the word of God. Your regular study, obedience to, and teaching of the word of God helps prepare us and guard us and teaches us to fight the enemy. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. How many need some divide sometimes? God divided me, what's me and what's you? Because I've got my own emotions and my own feelings. Just don't get me started on certain subjects. I really need the Lord in my life. Okay, and the joints of the marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Have we invited him to say, God, know me. God, see in me. Discern what is in me. I've been reading this book that somebody gave me. I'm gonna, I need to read it over and over. It's called The Tongue, A Creative Force in Me to Rev It by Charles Capps. It is a good book. And it's challenged me to speak. You know, this is sixth season. Let's talk for just a second. Sixth season. I know I'm getting, I'm getting close to done. Sixth season comes. And I'm around somebody and all of a sudden I, I hear, oh, they have the cold. Oh, they have this. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, man. Now I'm going to get sick. You ever had that thought? I'll tell you something, in this book, this is an awesome book, because I've learned, and I'm practicing, I've been putting, I say, nope, I'm not going to even have that thought, because I say, I am the healer of the Lord, this sickness does not belong in my body, it teaches us to declare the power of his word, read it church, you'll be blessed, the power of the tongue, the power of his word over our own, if your finances are in disrepair, you're saying, oh, what, I'll never have. Well, if you say never, then you probably will never. Start saying, God, you are the Lord of my finances. You are the God of provision. Declare that over your house and see what God will do. The power of his word, because it's relying on him, not on you. They're his words. Amen. 
All right, Horsegate talks about our spiritual warfare. I like horses. I rode horses a lot when I was a kid. Got kicked off one once. Horses speak of our warfare because they were used a lot in battle. But interesting enough, horses don't usually do well on their own. They get spooked very easily. But they are mainly used in pulling of chariots. And the Bible says that we are not to lean and rely upon horses and chariots. We have to rely upon the Lord. Horses were used typically as a team. Here's back to the who's next to you. In two or four horses, they had to learn to work together with other animals. Don't call your friend an animal. In close quarters and under chaotic conditions. Are you ready for some spiritual warfare? Bible says in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Ephesians 6.12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness in the world and spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't know about you, but it's nice to have somebody strong next to me who's got the power of prayer to war with me when I'm battling. I don't want to do it alone. And sometimes I've tried that. And finally, after months, so there's a point in my life where I was, I was just lonely and I was getting depressed and I was just, I was under it. I finally called one of my lady friends on the other side of the state and I said, what, can you help me? The moment she talked to me, all it took is that one phone call. And I started to put into practice something she said. And in a week I was like, oh, it's gone. We need each other in warfare. If you haven't learned to warfare, you need to be here on Sunday night. You need to come to free service prayer. There's some war going on in there. Learn to stand next to somebody in battle and war. Jude 1, says, Some have compassion making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's the kind of person I want next to me. Let's build the wall. Let's pull some people out of the fire. Let's rebuild the spiritual warfare of the house. Number nine is the East Gate. Christ speaks of Christ coming again. Are we living with an eternal mindset? Are we ambassadors? Are we preparing ourselves for coming again? Most of you are aware of the the parable in the Bible, the five foolish and the five wise. There were two different groups. God wants us to be ready at his coming. Matthew 24. You can go on the next slide there in the East Gate. It says, who then, Matthew 24, 45, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom the master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant who his master, when he comes, will find him so doing. Is God finding you so doing? God's coming soon, and we have to be ready. I don't want to be left without. This last one here is the, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, the Mifkod gate. It speaks of many things, but two things it speaks of is inspection and gathering. A lot of commentaries talk about the judgment seat of Christ. God is coming back for his church. He's gathering his church. And this is our season that he's saying, gather up, church. Gather up. Let me inspect you. Let me get you ready. I had a dream when I was in college about the judgment seat of Christ. It terrified me to death, but it terrified me in such a good way. It challenged me because I stood there. I remember in my dream, it was so vivid. I was starting to walk before the throne of God and his presence. I couldn't see all of who he was, but his presence was so strong. And I started to come closer and I'm looking around and I'm seeing people, people I wouldn't have expected. Friends that I would not have expected. Like, how did they get here? I had that in my own heart. How did they get here? I never talked to them about Jesus. How did they get here? And then as I got closer, I remember this moment, God pressing me. And I want to share this as an encouragement because God presses us and shows us things, but we have to respond to them. I started walking closer and all I knew is my head began to hang down. There's a point where I wanted to start walking backwards because I knew I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for him coming. And I knew that he was about in a gentlest of ways saying, I wish you could come with me. 
And I saw his hand start to reach out and my dream ended. And I saw him pointing the wrong direction. And church, it affected my life in such a way that I wanted to change. I wanted to, God, God to, say, I wanted to be ready. I don't want to miss it. Church, God doesn't want us to miss it. There's a moment and a time and every opportunity we have to become stronger, to repair what has been broken. Don't let your pride get the best of you and say, I don't want anybody else to see what I'm going through. I tell you what, there's so many messes in this church that have become a message. Let them testify to you. Let them strengthen you. Will you stand with me, church? I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. We have an opportunity to reveal, to allow God's word this morning. I know it's a lot. You can go back and you can re-listen to it over and let the Lord speak to what he needs to speak to in your life. But pick up the tools, church. Jump in. Don't diminish who you are in God. Allow him to renew. Allow him to restore, to rebuild, to close the gaps. Allow him to transform and build you up and strengthen the gates, the access points in your life. Maybe it is that you haven't allowed him access. Take it this morning. Say, God, I give you access. That's all it takes is you just say it out loud. Say, God, I give you access. Maybe you don't know the Lord, but he wants you to know him this morning. All you have to say is, Jesus, forgive me. I confess that you died on the cross for my sins. You just say it out loud if that's what you need right now. I accept you into my life. I want to be a child of God. Thank you, God, for forgiving me and restoring me. Maybe you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit and his anointing to flow through you. There are so many areas this morning, church, I would just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart right where you are. Don't wait. Just allow him, respond to him say yes they said we're in distress but yes we will arise and we will build father we will arise and we will build we all have weaknesses and we all have strengths but lord we lay them at your feet have your way god in this place